Go Wild is a free social community created for and by hunters. This means that unlike mainstream social media, your trophy pictures won't be censored. They're encouraged. As you spend time on Go Wild, you will earn awesome rewards such as gift cards, free swag, and big discounts on brands like Garmin and Vortex. You will even earn $10 just for signing up. Visit DownloadGoWild.com and sign up today. Hey guys and gals, welcome to the Oklahoma Outdoors podcast brought to you by Arrowhead Land Company. Here you will be educated, entertained, and equipped to get more out of your outdoor experience. So hold on tight because here we go. What's up, guys? Welcome to the Oklahoma Outdoors podcast. And let me just take a minute to thank the good Lord in heaven for some rain. Uh, If you're listening to this, I'm going to assume you probably got some rain last week. If you didn't, I feel really bad for you. We needed rain desperately. We had missed a lot of the other storms that had been kind of coming through. But we finally, one just hit us dead on. We got over an inch, and uh, I think we have some more rain possibly even later in the week. Uh, So, yeah, I hope wherever you're listening... If you needed some rain, I hope you got it. Um, it's not like everything's just suddenly okay now. Uh, but hey, at this point, we'll take what we can get. And hopefully there's more on the way. So so yeah, uh, welcome this week. We got an awesome show ahead of us. We're talking to Matt from Out on a Limb. Uh, these guys, they've been around. I think he, he talks about it on the show. I think he's been making stands since 2015. He was around before that making blinds. Um, I ran into these guys a couple years ago at, uh, the, I believe the Backwoods show. And, uh, I've had Taylor who works from that on a couple times. Uh, and these guys just built some awesome made here in Oklahoma tree stands. They make saddle platforms, sticks. Uh, so if you, they, these guys are really tying into the, the mobile hunters. Um, but they make, you know, tree stands, they make ladder stands. So if you need any kind of stand equipment, sticks, aiders, camera arms uh i think you're gonna enjoy this podcast and please check these guys out like i said right here in oklahoma uh made american made products and really really quality products i've handled a bunch of their products i've seen these guys at a bunch of the shows and um it's it's like it's almost odd like when you look at this metal thing and then you pick it up and it's just surprisingly light and so that's what the main part of the the podcast today I think I'm going to do that thing again where I, I do the main show, and then after the show, I'm going to talk to you guys some more. I have a lot to talk about, uh, things that's went on at the ranch. Um, the cows just destroyed everything. I told you guys uh, the last, I think, two weeks that uh, you know we had to let the cows back into where I normally deer hunt. We normally don't let them back there in the summer, but because of the drought, we got desperate. And uh, when I say they destroyed everything... They literally destroyed everything, but I'm going to wait, tell you guys about that afterwards because we got a great show ahead of us first. And then also, big, big, big reminder, uh, in case you guys didn't know, deer season is actually like right around the corner. It it kind of snuck up on me this year, honestly. Like, I mean, it's something I always look forward to. Uh, you know, I'm listening to podcasts, I'm watching YouTube videos, like I'm always looking forward to it. But it just kind of dawned on me like this week, like, holy cow, it's almost here. Uh, Actually, if I end up going to Nebraska, I'm less than a month away. I'm three weeks away from that hunt. Um, And so, yeah, deer season is right around the corner. 
And, uh, and I can't wait, obviously. Uh, I pulled out my compound bow, something I should have done months ago, but I've been focusing on the, on the long bow. Uh, but I pulled out the wheeled bow, and uh, thank goodness I still know how to shoot it. And so I think working with the long bow so much has actually improved my shooting with the compound. Uh, so even though I haven't been shooting the compound much, still feel really, really comfortable and I'm going to be shooting pretty diligently uh, up until the season. And I definitely encourage you guys to do the same. Hopefully y'all did not do the same thing I did and you haven't been shooting uh, because you need to shoot year-round. You need to be comfortable with your weapon. If not, though, this is your reminder. Dust that thing off. You know, Get your arrows out. Uh, get it tuned up and start practicing right now because it is so difficult to get one of these big awesome huge whitetail bucks in front of you that you don't want to be the reason that that thing doesn't end up in the freezer and on the wall is because you didn't practice your shooting and you can't execute a shot so so whether you're a you know bow hunter muzzleloader hunter rifle hunter traditional whatever it is whatever your weapon of choice is get it out and start practicing right now and practice hard all the way up and through the deer season you know don't just stop on once october 1st hits Make sure you're practicing all the way through. And also, it's just good to get that equipment out and check it in case something's wrong. Even, even if you're a hardcore bow hunter, if you plan on doing a little bit of rifle hunting, you know, maybe taking your kid or girlfriend, wife, friend, whatever, get that rifle out and go ahead and shoot it. Um, you know, I think I think I told this story last year. Um, I took my wife's rifle, my wow, my wife's rifle one day, uh, like two years ago. And I'm sitting in the stand, and I, I just and I feel the scope wiggle a little bit, and I look, and uh, the, one of the screws from the scope mount had fallen off, and so the the back of the scope was just wiggling, and I was sitting in a stand with a rifle that I did not feel confident in, and it is not a good feeling. So, get out all your equipment, check it. Uh, time to start going through your hunting clothes, uh, you know, your camo, your base layers, all that stuff. Um, yeah, First Light just had a big sale. I, I jumped on that. I ordered some puffy pants for my Colorado trip. Um, yeah, guys, I like. I feel like I'm just kind of word vomiting, but I'm that excited because deer season is that close. And like I said, I'm going to talk some more about deer season stuff after this main interview, but I don't want to take away from Matt and out on a limb. And so we're going to do that first. And then if you guys want to stick around and hear me complain about cows, stick around and I'll complain about cows. So, so like I said, we're talking to out on a limb today. Great episode. Very, very informative. Um, so yeah, we're just going to jump into that. We got a quick word from our sponsors guys. Like I said, get your bows out, get your guns out, start shooting. And that's going to do it for my intro for this week. So I hope you guys enjoy this and I will catch you guys on the flip side after this awesome show. I love getting my boat out on the lake. But now that I have a little girl, I'm always looking for simple, easy ways to get outdoors. If that sounds like you, head over to Private Water Fishing and sign up for your membership today. Not only does it give you an easy, hassle-free, private place to fish, but many of the lakes even include a boat of some kind for you to use so that you don't have to mess with getting yours out of storage. Add the fact that these large private lakes are professionally managed for trophy bass, and you really have nothing to lose. That's privatewaterfishing.com. Arrowhead Land Company continues to grow, and they want to bring you along for the ride. They have agents all over the state ready to help you with all of your land, buying, or selling needs. Big or small, for business or personal use, it doesn't matter. If you want to buy or sell land in Oklahoma, Arrowhead Land Company is there to help you make your dreams become a reality. 
I know you guys have heard me talk about Deer Lad before, and it's because I truly believe it can help folks track down that buck on your property that you just can't seem to catch up with. Deer Lab helps you organize your photos and pull out real data such as weather, wind, moon, and time that you can help use to narrow in exactly when you need to be in your stand. Check out DeerLab.com for more information and get that buck. Hey everybody, welcome to today's show. We got a very special guest today. We're talking to Matt Garris. How you doing, Matt? I'm doing great, and you? I'm doing pretty good, and uh, we were talking a little bit before we got recording, and you said you guys are blowing and going and, and working, trying to get these stands out before deer season. Is that right? Oh yeah, well, we're way behind right now. The mm-hmm. big bobs are really taking off well. Yeah, some good problems, some good problems. Uh, well, before we jump into all that real quick, why don't you just tell people a little bit about yourself? Okay, my name is Matt Garris. I live in Enid, Oklahoma. Been in the hunting industry since roughly about 2002. I started out with some tire blinds. Uh, in about 2015, we started out on land manufacturing. We built a, started out building tree stands in the beginning, and then we got big into the saddle deal and mobile hunting. That's pretty much where we're at right now uh, in the mobile game. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Yeah, I uh, I think I saw you guys for the first time probably two or three years ago. I think it was at the Backwoods Show, maybe. And um, the thing that really stood out to me, I think, was your was your stand, your hush. Uh, just, I mean, so light. Uh, there's a lot of light stands on the market, but that thing was just so slimmed down and so light. But um, I've heard a lot of a lot of other people, uh, you know, from outside of Oklahoma and stuff. And yeah, they all talk about your, your saddle platforms and, um, it sounds like that's been a pretty good deal for y'all the last couple of years. Yeah. The, uh, the hush stand is really, it's kind of my, one of my favorites. I, I kind of quit saddle hunting, went directly back to the hush. Uh, it's an 8.2 pound stand. Our sticks nest on it, attached to it, our 17 inch. And then we also, came up with a reduced hush last year that's a little narrow a little shorter and it carries 14 inch sticks it's a special order item but uh the hush has really done well for us it's not it's a high price stand but it's not as high as a lot of them mm-hmm. we're kind of in the middle of the ball game we're above a helo but below the custom gear stuff yeah yeah uh, well, real quick, before we get too far ahead of ourselves, in case there's somebody, you know, listening to this that isn't familiar with mobile hunting and all that stuff, uh, kind of talk about just the idea behind it, you know, these cut-down, lightweight stands, why people are buying them, why they're using them. Well, the biggest deal right now is uh, public hunting is getting so big with the, the hunting public and people like that. People are tracking way back in the woods, and, you know, the days of carrying a 25 25- pound climbers pretty much done with there's still people that do it but that saddle just reduces that weight so much you can you can be in in the woods in under 10 pounds pretty easy mm-hmm. yep go in further stay a little longer just, mainly just the walking back in the woods yeah yeah, yeah exactly mm-hmm. gotcha uh so you touched on a couple of the the tree stands uh run us through the hush again talk about the weight dimensions um you know how how people carry it like does it come with shoulder straps most people just pack it in uh just walk us through the stand a little bit okay the hush is 17 wide 24 deep on the platform we got a 21 inch uh seat post height the seat 
is pretty small at six by 11, but the way we've designed the stand, the seat sits away from the tree. Most stands, the seat goes all the way back to the tree. So it makes the seat look bigger. Ours looks smaller, but it's out there where, where the space is usable. The seat is adjustable. The platform is micro adjustable. It's a threaded adjustment where you can get that stand exactly level. Goes a good degree left to right as well. So you can, don't got to be on a straight up and down tree. You can have some left to right and front to back lean to it. Uh, weighs 8.2 pounds. It's designed to carry our shikar climbing sticks or 17 inch or uh, designed for that stand. We got an optional bolt, bolt kit that holds the sticks to the stand or our FXD, which is our fixed sticks, will nest to the post of the stand. Uh, shoulder straps are kind of optional. We let people kind of do their own thing there because there's so many different kinds and people are pretty particular about their shoulder straps. So we let you provide those yourself. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. You mentioned the sticks there and y'all got several options in those too. What are some of your more popular sticks? Probably still our most popular are 17 inch standard folding sticks. And by folding, I mean, they, they, they fold break completely down to where they're just basically a stick. The, step, the steps go up and down mm-hmm. with the stick. And then we also have our FXDs, which are fixed, and they're more like a standard climbing stick. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. We have several lengths, range from 14 up to 20-inch. And on average, how many uh, sticks would you say most people carry? Well, right now, everyone's kind of running to one sticking, but oh, yeah. <laughs> usually, usually we do four sticks, and yeah. four sticks and a single step aider is what I prefer. Mm-hmm. I use a Versa aider made by Backwoods Mobile Gear, and what that does, it kind of rides with you. It attaches to your foot and your waist, so you can basically spread your sticks out an extra step worth, mm-hmm. and it's got a loop that hooks onto the Versa button, so you can get four sticks. I can get 20 foot real easy. Now talk about you. You mentioned one sticking. I actually just learned what this was. Uh, I guess last summer. Uh, tell people what one sticking mm-hmm. is. Well, one sticking is just basically climbing the tree with your saddle, using your tether to advance yourself, and then you just drag your stick up every move. Basically, get about eight eight foot eight feet of move as a rule. That kind of depends on whether you use a two step or three step aider. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you're just basically climbing the tree with one stick to reduce weight again, like we was talking earlier. Uh, and then they're repelling back down. So you don't, instead of coming down, pulling the stick off every time they pull, take that stick off and repel down to the bottom of the tree, wind your step up and head out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you're doing that method, you know, you, you got your saddle, which is, you know, almost nothing, basically a glorified harness and you got one stick mm-hmm. going super light and still going up, you know, getting up to a good height to hunt from. So, right. Uh, not a, if you're really short like me, probably not the best method. <laughs> getting that stretch is, yeah. is a little difficult. Yeah. The aiders, you know, are kind of a trick to use. As long as you bury your toe in the tree, you don't generally have a problem. Mm-hmm. I've seen a few kickouts on guys, you know, that get in a hurry. Mm-hmm. Uh, best method is go slow. You know, them deer see us way before we see them as a rule. Mm hmm. Gotcha, gotcha. All right, and then uh, 
saddle platforms. I, I'm on your website right now, and y'all got all kinds of options, all kinds of models. And uh, like you mentioned before, that's kind of turning into your into your bread and butter. So uh, walk us through yes, some of your saddle pro- platforms. We started out with the podium, which is roughly three and a half pounds. Uh, was a, they're all aluminum designs, but it was a tubular design with a mesh top with a uh, expanded metal top. We had a, our own bracket system when we started out that uh, worked really well if you if you knew how to use it. Once we got everyone kind of proficient in that, it sold really well. Uh, then we went to a new design, all made out of bar stock, which is our Ridge Runner, and it just took off like wildfire. Uh, from there, we went to an XL, which is just a little wider, a little longer platform. Uh, this last year, we introduced the Ridge Runner 2.0, which is the same platform as the Ridge Runner, but went to a post style, and then we added an extra foot grip to that to give you kind of stagger your feet and get a little different angles and a little, little better push off and different for different shot angles and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also build platforms for other companies. Uh, the Battle Axe, which is Wild Edge, started out the battlement. It kind of was off of one of our designs for their perch. And then we just did them a 2.0 just recently. And mm-hmm. they, I think they've launched it on their website. I'm not real sure. Mm-hmm. But it's built a whole lot like the Ridge Runner 2.0, just a little different shape. Gotcha. And then now <clears throat> we've introduced the, the Bob and the Big Bob, which Bob is the best of both. It's a stick and a platform combination. Uh, a lot of the one stickers are using mm-hmm. the, uh, it's got an adjustable platform. It's what makes it different than all other one sticks is you're able to angle that platform to make your feet more comfortable. If you're a leaner or if you're a sitter, you can run it flat. Uh, we got options on it to cam cleat, uh, optional aiders. You can get an eighth inch fullberry or a three sixteenths fullberry and steel rope with them. Pretty much everything we do is custom built. That's why our lead our lead times are a little longer than most. We, we, right now, especially, we're getting a lot of phone calls. When my when's my order going to be ready? Mm-hmm. Or in the last four weeks, we've sold over two hundred bob sticks. So we're we're a little bit behind on those. We usually stay right at four weeks, mm-hmm. and we should narrow that down as we get closer to season. Yeah. And then something I I skipped over. We should have hit this earlier, but uh. Uh, you know, what is all this stuff made out? Like, how are y'all able to make these products, you know, so light yet still so durable? Talk about, you know, what they're yeah. made out of. Yeah, it's all 6061 T6 aluminum, basically aircraft aluminum. Uh, we mill all our parts. I, I just firm believer that heat, even with a laser, heat takes out a lot of your temper. So your aluminum gets soft. So we mill 90% of all of our parts. Uh we have we do farm out a lot of our mill work to Moonlight Machine in Bonk City, Oklahoma. But we're trying to trying to bring more of that in house so we can keep our times down a little bit more. It's just over the years we've grown pretty big and we've got our names out there pretty good and it just takes a little while to build all that we build. We have over fifty different products on our website, I think. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Awesome. And it's all made, assembled, everything right here in Oklahoma, correct? Correct, and we we usually most all of our 
uh, metal comes from from U.S. mills. Uh, you know, of course, bolts and things you're not gonna you're not gonna source everything out of the United States, but for the most part, everything is sourced and built right here in the United States. And as far as our build, all right here in Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Yeah, y'all's website is awesome. And then I know you spend a lot of time on the road. Talk about all the shows you go to. Yeah, in fact, we we're running behind right now. We don't we're going to be lucky to even take any product. We're on our way to Birmingham tomorrow mm-hmm. to the World Air Expo. That'll run Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. So you guys that are out there that I just may not get out that quick. We're going to be in Birmingham this weekend. Mm-hmm. Awesome, gotcha. And I know I've seen y'all at the the Backwoods Show, One Nation Show. Uh, I ran into you guys at ATA this year. And so you're definitely definitely getting out there. Oh yeah, we start in January and go through January, February, a little bit of March, and we take a little break, and we're usually back at it July and August. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I've I've had the guys from the the bow hunting league on this podcast here before. They they love Oklahoma. They uh, they reached out to me actually originally, and then I, I had them on last year and had them on again this year. And uh, I, I believe you got a, a prize pack for some of the the top finishers, correct? Yeah, we're actually one of the title sponsors for the Bow Hunting League. Okay, gotcha. um, But we give, I know we're giving a hash, uh, and we do some of their weekly drawing stuff as well. Mm-hmm. Just whatever we're being asked for, I usually give him. <laughs> gotcha, gotcha. He has, a, he has a way of doing that to people. <laughs> yeah. Yep. He's a good guy. That, the whole league deal is just, you know, for a free competition, <clears throat> they they do their work and get out and get prizes. In fact, there's a lot of Oklahoma stuff this year. I know uh, Oki Land Bow Hunting's giving out some bows. Mm-hmm. Another land guy here, I can't remember his name, but he's giving out bows to the top Oklahoma people. Mm-hmm. I, I know we've got a, a taxidermy sponsor, mm-hmm. so the the top Oklahoma bow will get a free mount, or Oklahoma buck will get a free mount. Mm-hmm. So Oklahoma's really stepped up, I believe. Yep. I think so. I think so. I think the secret's getting out a little bit. <laughs> it's probably been out, but um, yeah, they, I'm sorry. Go ahead. They've been in it quite a few years. Uh, Taylor, my welder, Taylor mm-hmm. Jones, mm-hmm. Uh, him and I both went to the showdown two years ago, and then he went back this last year. Mm-hmm. So hopefully we'll be in the running for the showdown again this year. Yep. Yep. I hope so. Yeah. I, I, I've had Taylor on at least once, maybe twice. Uh, yeah. So I think he was actually, I think he gets credit for being the first person who's ever like recognized me out of the show after I after oh, yeah, I started cool. this podcast. Yep. So, yeah. so yeah. Well, he listens. He's got his earbuds in every day. <laughs> he, he, he does, he does a lot of listening podcasts. I'm one. I, I couldn't tell you who's what yeah. I've been on a few. Mm-hmm. And honestly, don't even know the names of the podcasts I've been on. Yep. I guess that's why I'm not on very many. Cause <laughs> I, just, I just don't. I usually, when I'm at work, I got my head down, getting her done. And mm-hmm. that's seven days a week for me. Yep. I I got into the podcast. It's been a while now, but uh, just, I was ranching at the time. And when hay season rolled around, you you know, sitting on a tractor 14 hours a day for five or six days in a row, you got to do something. You can't listen I, to the same 10 songs on the radio over and over again. Uh, so. No kidding. Yeah. but uh uh i want to make sure we cover all that i also forgot uh you guys are big into the filming stuff uh talk about all your camera arms yeah oh uh, we've got 
I think seven different camera arms. Uh, newest camera arm is our cellular arm, which is mainly built for saddle hunting. It's a three-jointed, very light, one-and-a-half-pound arm. Pretty sturdy for what it is. Uh, before that was the Reach, which is made, we designed it more for saddle hunting as well. It'll work in a tree stand. It's just a little bit short. Uh, step above that is our vantage point, which is another three jointed arm, all aluminum. It's in the four pound range, I believe. Uh, all of, all of our camera arms are on a ball mount, so you can basically mount them in any Oklahoma tree. Mm-hmm. That's where our biggest challenge is here in Oklahoma, or yeah. at least in Northwest Oklahoma, is mm-hmm. the crooked trees, mm-hmm. which is where we'll go to the TS1, which is our flagship stand. It'll actually hang on a horizontal limb. Really? Yeah. Yeah, it's... We don't... We just haven't advertised it a whole lot because it's it's such an expensive stand. Yeah. But for Oklahoma, I mean, I challenge anybody to show me a tree I can't put a tree stand in, and I promise you I can put it in there and you can hunt out of it comfortably. <laughs> Hanging I have not on a horizontal it. limb. That's pretty awesome. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've got... I got a lot of sets on horizontal limbs. That's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. Kind of gets you away, you know, out there to where you get out of all the limbs and stuff too, which is kind of nice. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and they're just don't to look in those particular spots that you, when you see it, you think, oh, man, he's out in the open. But mm-hmm. I've killed a lot of deer off a of horizontal limb. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of it's a, it's is your actions in the tree. Yeah. You got to know when to move and things like that. Mm-hmm. We've also got a patented ladder stand. Mm-hmm. Double or single that are they're designed for crooked Oklahoma timber as well. They'll go up about oh ten degrees front to back, thirty mm-hmm. degrees side to side, I believe. Hmm. So you're basically putting a ladder stand where you would put a lock on. Yeah, yeah. We don't advertise that a whole lot either. Yeah, gotcha. And then you also got for uh, people who maybe uh, you know don't have quite as thick of a wallet. I see you got the little ambush. Yeah, little ambush is a great for. It's got to be a pretty straight tree, mm-hmm. but it's it's a seven pound stand. Hmm. Uh, so maybe those twenty one inch seat height as well. Mm-hmm. Those eastern Oklahoma pine tree people sounds like the stand oh, yeah. for you. Yeah. <laughs> yep it's it's a two piece design, which is different than most. So you can actually hang the seat portion in several different trees. You can buy extra seats and then hmm. carry the. The platform which is around five pounds and hang it on those different seat seating positions very cool that's a good idea yeah we don't sell a lot of extra seats but you know some of the people that that hunt a lot of private land and have different places but they do have theft problems mm-hmm. it's a real good alternative to that gotcha gotcha all right so if i'm listening to this we'll, we'll do two scenarios because i know you kind of got two different customer bases but if I'm a if I'm a tree stand guy like yourself, you know which tree stand would you recommend? What steps, and then about how much is that going to weigh? Uh, well, my favorite is the Hush. It's eight point two. You add four sticks to it, that puts you at a fourteen pound stick and platform combination, which is pretty much unbelievable, really. Mm-hmm. Most stands are fifteen plus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those four sticks will get you twenty foot really easy. Mm-hmm. And then on the other side, let's say I got my saddle. I'm listening to this. I'm new to saddle hunting, getting into it. 
what's your your number one platform you're going to recommend? Number one platform would be the Ridge Runner, two point Gotcha. And couple that with four sticks as well. Gotcha. Gotcha. Awesome. Uh, let's see. Am I missing anything? Is there anything else you can think of? Anything else you want to let people know about? I would just say look at our website, you know, out on mmfg.com. We like I say we build over fifty different products, uh, and we've been doing it so long. I can't, I don't think I could name them all. <laughs> but anything from saddle platforms, tree stands, climbing sticks, ladder stands, uh, camera arms, like you said. Mm-hmm. I think we only touched on four camera arms, but we have some of our older models are are bulkier, more for professional. Mm-hmm. filming then i actually got a patented camera and we call a zero 360 which is a zero gravity give you 360 degrees of mm-hmm. filming and it's it's basically just phenomenal yeah. if you're a self-filmer and you want good quality footage with no shake no bounce the zero 360 is the way to go awesome awesome Awesome, Matt. Well, uh, like I said, I, I can't recommend you enough. Um, I love seeing you guys at the shows, love seeing your products. They really stand out. They're, they're different. You know, like it, it doesn't just look like your run of the mill tree stand. Um, it's something that's really right. different and I'd really encourage people to, to lift them, you know, walk up and yeah. pick it up because I mean, it's, it's almost like an optical illusion how light it is once you pick it up. That and then the house saw. I mean, everything we build. I mean, we we try to build with utmost quality, and you can really tell when you compare it to a store bought item. Where, mm-hmm. like I say, we're custom built, and uh, we take pride in what we do. One of our big things is the coatings that we use. Every piece that we send out gets sandblasted and powder coated, mm-hmm. be it a anti skid or a polyester coating. It just kind of depends on the application. But uh, we try to we try to put out a good finished product. Mm-hmm. Yep, hard working, honest people. I like it. I like it. Yeah, we appreciate it. Yep. All right, Matt. Well, before I let you go, I want to make sure people know where to find you. So give us that website again, and and talk about your social media play, pages. Okay, social media wise, we're basically our sole advertising in social media, be it Instagram, which is out on MMFG LLC. Uh, same with our Facebook page, Out on a Limb, MFG, LLC, and then our website, Out on a Limb, MFG.com. Uh, we're located here in Oklahoma, north northwest Oklahoma, north central. Just, we're straight north of Oklahoma City and straight west of Tulsa, so mm-hmm. pretty easy to find. We don't get, we've got a shop and a showroom, so if you guys want to come in, check us out, uh, give you a tour of our shop. It's a messy shop, but it gets a lot of work done out of it. That's right. That's right. That's all that matters. And and uh, like I said, you know, y'all are at most of the big shows throughout the state. So everybody, keep your eyes out for them. Yeah. Awesome. And we appreciate you coming by. Yeah. Yep. Well, awesome, Matt. Well, I appreciate it. Uh, thanks for letting us, uh, you know, in on all your products. And uh, I hope you have a good deer season, man. Oh, I'm I'm going to have to this year. I got skunk last year. We can't oh, let that happen again. Gotcha. Gotcha. Got to make it back to the showdown. There you go. <laughs> awesome. Well, Matt, thanks for coming on. It was good talking to you. You too, buddy. We appreciate it. See you.
out on a limb, folks. There it is. Thank you, Matt. If you're a mobile hunter, a saddle hunter, or just looking for a good quality made in America tree stand, go check out Out on a Limb. Like I said, Matt's an awesome guy right here in Oklahoma. Manufactured, made, built, everything. So check out Out on a Limb. Fantastic products. You won't regret it. Uh, so thank you, Matt, for coming on. Uh, like I said at the beginning, I'm going to uh, talk about some of my troubles this last weekend, or I guess the troubles were really a couple weeks before that, uh, but I really discovered how much trouble I was in. Uh, so yeah, here comes my uh, my complaint about the cows and kind of what's going on with my hunting season currently. So uh, back up a little bit. I'm sure you guys heard me talk about it, but uh few weeks ago, uh, I was talking to my brother, and he's like, hey, you know, I'm sorry, but we really need to move the cows into the back. Uh, just this drought is, you know, killing everything. Uh, normally, that area, it's we got a lot of native grass, and so normally our plan with it is to save it till the winter time, and then, you know, if we need a weekend where we don't want to feed or just trying to save some time or money or something, then we move the cows back there, you know, February, something like that. And that native grass kind of holds its uh, nutritional value a little better. And usually, you know, we can get several days of feeding out of it uh, to where, you know, we're not having to feed hay or grain or anything. So, so that's typically what we do with this back, uh, which is, you know, where I do most of my deer hunting. It's like 160, 200 acres, something like that um, at the just far end of the property. And so, so anyway, so that's normally my deer area. And, you know, I'd been working all spring and summer. Uh, we burnt, uh, I did a bunch of clearing with the dozer. Um, uh, I set up my new blinds, uh, built a couple new feeder pins, got one feeder running with, uh, some dairy pellets, like a protein feed type thing, start getting my summer scouting, put out a whole bunch of cameras. And then we turned the cows back there. Like again, when I was doing all that prep, didn't know we were going to have to do that. Uh, and then Mother Nature just threw us a curveball. So, so anyway, this last weekend, I finally got to go up and uh, and observe the damage. And I knew that some stuff was going to be messed up. Um, you know, I had pictures of the cows inside one of my feeder pens. And then I stopped getting pictures from that camera. So I had a feeling that, um, you know, they had rubbed on it and messed it up. Uh, there were a couple bulls in with the cows. Typically, the cows themselves don't do that much damage. But the bulls just, they're just, they just, nothing bothers them, you know, and so they're always rubbing on stuff, scratching on stuff, fighting. Um, so anyway, so I get there and the first spot I go to is, uh, you know, the very back where I had that feeder and everything. And yes, they had busted through the, uh, through the feeder pen in two spots, actually. Um, they had the, they didn't break the feeder, but I guess they had just been rubbing on the poles and it lifted the feeder up to where the legs fell out from under it. So the feeder was laying on the ground, my protein feeder. And then I went to check the camera and they had actually broken it twice. So I had a camera with a cell link and the way that cell link works is it has a cord with a SD card on the end of it. And so you run that into the camera and that's how it gets the pictures from the camera in order to send them. And, uh, they had basically ripped that cord in half, like ripped the SD part in the cord off. Uh, and then they had also rubbed on it and broke the antenna. And so unfortunately I'd already ordered a new cord, uh, because one of the cords on my other camera had messed up and I just went ahead and ordered two. Um, so I had that already in the mail. Actually it's here now. Uh, but I didn't order an antenna. So that's unfortunate. So that one's kind of out of commission. And so in that one spot, they broke the camera, the feeder, and the feeder pin. And so uh, spent some time, you know, fixing all that up. And then uh, 
So then I went to go check uh, another camera, just a regular camera, a non-cell camera. And it's on this pine tree, this big, big pine tree in the corner of our property. And the last two years in a row, I've got a picture of my number one biggest buck on the property. And both years, I got it within like three days of each other. So in 2020, I think the picture was on like uh, July 30th. And then last year in 2021, the picture was on like August 1st. Just this beautiful velvet, nice big 10-point walking by this camera. And so I basically put this camera on this tree just to get that like that one picture, see if he was going to come by, you know, about the same time frame, because I just think that historical stuff is pretty cool. So pull up to the tree, and right away I know something's wrong, because I guess that big pine tree would just offer the best shade in that area. And so just all the way around the pine tree, like a big, I mean, probably 20-yard wide circle, uh, it was just down to the dirt because the cows had been, you know, using it as shade, uh, laying in the dirt, trying to cool off and uh, walk up to the tree and the camera's gone. I can still see the bracket that was holding the, the camera to the tree, but the camera's gone. And I was like, oh man, like, you know, but maybe I got some pictures before they broke it. So I start looking around and guys, I never even found the camera. Like they, they broke it off. And I guess just while they were using that tree for shade and, and they were probably pawing in the dirt, you know, getting that cool dirt. Uh, I never found the camera. I walked around for several minutes, um, kept making a bigger and bigger loop, never found it. Um, there was also, I had a trophy rock there, uh, you know, try to get deer in front of the camera. Trophy rock was obviously gone. You know, they ate all that up. And so, so I was out of trophy rock and a camera in that spot. Um, luckily I, so at the, the feeder I'd, uh, put back up, I switched that camera out for one of my new Tacticams, and so then I took that camera. The camera itself was still good. They just broke the the spy point cell link, and so I took that camera and put that camera on that tree, and I picked up some extra trophy rocks because I just knew that the cows were going to eat them. So put a new trophy rock out, uh, put the camera out, so we'll see. Maybe I'll get a picture of that buck, but uh, it's just not going to be the same. You know, like the time frame has already passed where I had those previous pictures, uh, not to say he's not going to walk by there now, but I just feel like it's not quite as cool. You know, like I wanted it in that same day. Uh, so anyway, so that spot was messed up, but I fixed it. And so then, um, I mentioned before that, uh, I had one, uh, cell link that it, the cord was messed up. I'd tried to put it out a few weeks before and it wasn't working. So I had ordered a new cord. So I was actually going to go, the cord wasn't in yet. Uh, but, uh, I was going to go and replace that camera with one of the, uh, Tacticams. And so I drive around the hill, and uh, I see my big uh, Banks blind. This is the the saddle spot I'm always talking about, the big saddle. And um, and <laughs> on that Banks blind, I had you know taken the extra wood and the extra time to build like an actual set of stairs, not just like a. On all the other blinds, I just did kind of like a uh, a bunk bed ladder. Like I just took a bunch of two by fours and went from the support beams and made a ladder all the way up. But on this one, because I just it holds a little special place in my heart. And if I, if I ever bring like a, you know, a new hunter or maybe my, one of my family members that wants to hunt or just sit with me, like I, this is where I was probably going to take them. So I took the time to build like an actual set of, of stairs and I guess the cows were using the blind as shade and they were rubbing on the stairs and they broke them. So the stairs are upside down laying on the ground. So that's one thing I had not really planned on being broken. Uh, but anyway, so I drove past it. And uh, went down to the next camera, or went down to my camera. They had actually not rubbed on this one, so that was lucky. Um, but uh, so anyway, I take that camera down and put up the new Tacticam, 
and for some reason I cannot get it to come on. Like it wasn't registering with my phone. And I was starting to get a little upset at Tacticam because I was like, man, this thing's brand new. I've heard good things about it. And I was getting a little frustrated. I, I restarted the app a couple times, could not get, get it to work. Uh, I did figure out later that that was actually not the camera. It was my phone. Uh, it had, I had lost service, and then it was showing that I had service, but I actually didn't. And I know that because uh, probably like 30 minutes later, all of a sudden my phone started buzzing, and I got a bunch of text messages and had some missed calls. And so I'm pretty sure that was actually my phone messing up and not the Tacticam. So I don't want to bash Tacticam. Uh, I, again, I think that was my fault. So so anyway, uh, I don't get that camera set up, so I'm a little frustrated. Go back up the hill. Uh, luckily, I had all my tools with me in my truck, and so I was able to fix the, the stairs on the blind, so not that big a deal. Um, go to another cell cam where I had a trophy rock because I'd got a bunch of pictures there, so I knew the cows had messed up the trophy, or, you know, eaten all the trophy rock. Uh, go check that camera, and they had, luckily it was higher, but I think one had tried to sniff it or something, so it was like crooked. Uh, so I straightened the camera back up, replaced the trophy rock, um, checked one other camera that I had kind of on that same road system. Uh, I had one young, like, velvet six-point. And that was the only deer picture I had. Uh, I think I had tons of cow pictures and like one hog picture. Um, but there, there, there's a lot of grass in there. So I think the cows were just kind of hanging out in that bottom, eating the grass, staying cool, and just, you know, had kind of pushed the deer out. So again, that was also a little disappointing. Um, I go down the hill, down to another spot where I had a camera and a trophy rock. Uh, luckily, that camera they had not. Uh, messed with um, but they had of course eaten all the trophy rock so replace that one Um, I'm trying to think I feel like I'm missing something else they screwed up Uh, obviously they ate a lot of the grass and cover I I knew that was coming but again like I don't hold that against them I don't hold that against you know my brother or anything like that like you got to do what you got to do so overall they uh, they broke two cameras uh, turned one or two more cameras around uh, they broke a feeder pin, they knocked over a feeder, they knocked over the steps on one of my blinds. It was just very, very frustrating. Uh, luckily, not, like all of it was pretty easily fixable. I got everything fixed, uh, so everything's up and running now. Um, I, I, the one Tacticam I never got working, I didn't go back to it to, to try to get it registered. So, uh, so it's just kind of sitting out there not doing anything. Um, but, uh, actually I take that back. I didn't leave it there. I put it on a different feeder and it is running. I take that back. My bad. Um, so yeah, all, basically all the stuff that I had done previously, I got refixed and then I did get some extra work done. So, um, this is something that I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. It's kind of weird, but whatever it is, what it is. Uh, so I've talked a lot about shooting the longbow this year. My goal is to shoot a deer. I don't care. If it's a small buck, doe, big buck, whatever. Like, I just want to kill a deer with the longbow this year. And so, most or three of the, the four banks blinds are set up over feeders. And then I have the one on the saddle. But anyway, the three on the feeders, uh, you know, if I, that's just, that's the most controlled, easy environment I can get to try to kill a deer with a longbow. And so, uh, I'd use four by four posts to build all the towers for those banks blinds. So, I had a nice little wood structure there, nice and tall. And we had a bunch of old plywood laying around where we had built a, a commodity barn a couple years ago that had like, you know, concrete sides that go up, I don't know, five feet or something like that. And so they had built all these forms out of plywood and uh, and then we just stored them in the barn. And uh, so I, you know, we weren't using them. And so I took a bunch of the plywood 
and basically built wooden ground blinds at the bases of those three banks blinds. And so now if I have my compound bow or a rifle, muzzle it or whatever, I can get up in the blind and hunt out of it. Or um, if I want to hunt with my longbow, basically it's too long to hunt with the longbow out of the blind because it sticks, you know, a couple feet above my head. So I don't have enough room to move around and draw on everything. And, but now I can hunt on the ground and still be pretty darn concealed. Uh, you know, obviously it's not quite as good. It's, they're not completely enclosed or anything like that. Um, but they'll, you know, hide a bunch of my movement. I have a nice little shooting window. Uh, and again, my goal with this is just to kill a deer. And, uh, you know, people can give me crap if they want about hunting over a feed or whatever. But I feel like using a longbow is a pretty darn, uh, you know, big challenge. And so I don't feel bad about it. It's legal in Oklahoma. And, uh, yeah, I, I think killing killing a deer with a longbow is going to be a feat all in itself. Um, I do think it's kind of cool hunting on the ground, too. Um, even though I'm in a blind, there's just something to it. Uh, so I'm very, very excited about that. So I got uh, all three of those done. Um, so, yeah, so now... Let's see here. Got all the banks blinds ready to hunt. I got uh, the three ground blinds. Uh, I checked all the feeders. All of them are in working condition. I do need a couple batteries, um, but you know when I go to fill them, I can change the battery out. So all that's good to go. Uh, I replaced the straps on a couple of my tree stands. Um, I moved two of my old round uh, poly blinds, Crivelman, Crivelman, however you want to pronounce that. Um, that I had been using for both stands. Both of those I replaced with uh, the Banks blinds. And so now I moved those into a different position. So they're now uh, ready for like a muzzle loader or a rifle, you know, back off the feeders a little bit. Um, one of them I'm going to use basically just for like guest and hog hunting. And so there's this one little low spot. And I had this idea, I think, I don't know if I heard it somewhere or thought of it myself or what, but uh, I, I spent the money to buy panels this year. So I, I, I'm running four feeders on this property. And I now have all four of them fenced uh, so to keep the hogs away. And then uh, I have an extra feeder. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to put this fifth feeder somewhat in the center of the property along this little creek. And I'm going to leave it unfenced, basically for the entire purpose of attracting all the hogs to that one spot to keep them off the other feeders, you know, out of the, the areas where I really want deer to be. I'm going to concentrate them in this one spot. And, uh, you know, if I, if I feel like hunting a hog there, I got a spot, uh, but also, you know, I have several buddies and stuff that like to hunt, not super interested in, in, uh, in deer hunting. Uh, but that way, you know, they can come with me, hang out with me and stuff. And I have a spot for them to go sit and hunt hogs, uh, while I go hunt deer. And so pretty excited about that. And, uh, again, but I, I think another kind of added bonus is I think it's going to, to, you know, take the pressure, the hog pressure off some of my other spots and concentrate it into that area. So pretty excited about that like i said i got one of the uh, the curvermans the round poly blinds over that uh i'll also have a tree stand on it just in case you know you never know if a deer shows up on it that i might want to shoot um or yeah i'm gonna put the feeder closer than i normally would to that stand uh and i think that's a tree stand that i can use my uh my recur or sorry not recur my longbow out of so that would also be cool to kill a hog out of that so so yeah basically long story short Things are really coming together. Um, again, you know, basically at this point, I need to plant all my food plots. I need to fill my feeders. I have a little bit of tree trimming to do at two different stands. And uh, I think I need to replace one more set of straps on a ladder. 
But that's about it, guys, as far as my preseason prep. I'm, I'm honestly way further ahead than where I thought I would be at this point, which is always awesome because, you know, season's not too far away. Um, I think if I had, oh, man, excluding food plots, if I had one solid day, like I could easily get everything ready. Um, if you count food plots, I probably need two days. Um, you know, I don't know if I can get two days in a row with the baby might have to do, you know, two different one day trips or something like that. But all that to say, I'm very, very close to being ready. And so, uh, I think at some point, uh, probably before the season starts, I want to do a a podcast on like my gear and my setups and kind of walk you through, you know, one, just what I'm using, uh, you know, my bow setup, my traditional setup, my muzzleloader setup, rifle setup, uh, clothes, you know calls gear all that type of stuff just kind of let you guys know what i'll be using and then i think it'd also be kind of cool to basically go spot by spot you know my my blinds my tree stands uh feeder setups all that stuff like you know i have i have tree stands over feeders i have tree stands over trails um i have you know blinds over feeders i have blinds over just natural movement areas so i think it'd be kind of cool to to walk you guys through all my different spots uh, and just kind of help give you guys like a little bit of an idea, kind of a, a picture in your brain of where all I'm going to be hunting this year. So, so yeah, I think I'm going to do a podcast of that coming up, kind of a gear and setup type thing. And uh, and yeah, I got uh, I already got a podcast set up for next week. Um, I have a guy that I, I was actually supposed to record with next week. I think I'm going to try to push him to the following week. Um, and then, man, before you know it, I'll be in Nebraska. I'll have that to, to talk tell you guys about. And then again, that gear and spots. So, so we got several, several uh, podcasts leading up here into hunting season. And then once hunting season gets underway, um, you know, a lot of times content gets a lot, uh, a lot easier to come by, I should say. So I'm going to keep you guys up to date with what I'm doing, what I'm seeing. Um, I'm going to have guests on that are doing the same things. Uh, we're going to get into some story times, you know, people uh, that have had some successful hunts. So. All that to say, all that yammering to say, uh, we have a lot of exciting stuff coming up this year. Um, I'm so excited, guys. Uh, I think I've told, so just to run through real quick, I know I kind of did a whole podcast on this, but uh, I, again, I'm. it's basically for sure, I just got to buy the license. I'll be going to Nebraska to hunt whitetails. I'll have my uh, two buck tags for Oklahoma. I'll have at least two, maybe three buck tags in Texas on my buddy's place and then i have my colorado elk hunt and then of course i'll be probably throwing in some duck hunting Uh, i'd love to get a goose hunt in we don't really have a lot of geese where i'm at um, but i'd love to i don't know maybe try to hook up with a listener or something like that do some goose hunting this year Uh, i'm just very very excited about this hunting season so can't wait to bring you guys along again a lot of exciting content coming up and, uh, and thank you guys just for following along and listening to me jibber-jabber along. So uh, a little bit shorter podcast this week. I hope you guys enjoyed Out on a Limb. I hope you guys enjoyed hearing about my misery with the cows and how I overcome. But uh, again, you got to look at the bright side. If we didn't have these cows, we would probably also not have this piece of land that I get to hunt. So there's always a bright side. Thank you guys for tuning in this week. Thank you guys for listening. Looking forward to it. If you guys have some success this fall, please, please send me a picture or tag me in your post because I love connecting with you guys. And I think that's it. All right, I'm going to get out of here. Love you guys. Thank you guys for listening. Until next week, I will see you guys right back here on the Oklahoma Outdoors podcast. Outdoors podcast.